Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday to you. It has been a wet morning, but it is a good morning, and it is the beginning of a new week and a new week in the Word, and I'm excited to be with you. My name is Tim Harris, pastor at Woodburn Baptist Church. This is Tim with Tim. We go verse by verse through the Word of God each day, Monday through Friday. I'm live at 10 most days, but uh, you can join me live or anytime during the day or anytime later. You can even go back. If you started with us late and you'd like to go back and pick up a, a Bible book that we did earlier or even a couple of years ago, just go on back through the archives on either YouTube or Facebook, and I think you'll find what you're looking for. I really do appreciate so much uh, you're following me in partnership in the Word. I uh, appreciate all your interactions. And uh, anyway, I just uh, I love so much reading the Bible with you. Today we're in Acts chapter 16, uh, verses 1 to 15, just part of the, this chapter of Acts. Uh, I love this. Uh, so Paul picks up Timothy as a young partner, a young mentee in the beginning of Acts chapter 16. I think it's interesting because Paul, of course, has just had this fallout with Barnabas over the young John Mark. Barnabas takes John Mark, but now Paul picks up young Timothy. Now, Timothy's an interesting person. Uh, comes from the little town of Lystra. Uh, his father is mentioned in Scripture only ever in passing and just in the fact that he was Greek. Uh, Lystra was a very Roman town, a Roman city. Um, it's not even clear that there was a synagogue there, as we talked about last week. So uh, his, his mother's Jewish, his grandmother is Jewish, and they are godly and God-fearing women. Um, whenever the scripture talks about Timothy, his mother and grandmother's faith is always praised, but never the faith of his father. So a couple of possibilities. We don't know if perhaps his father wasn't a believer at all. Or perhaps uh, Timothy's father is, is deceased. He, he, he's dead. Uh, at any rate, it's really clear that Timothy's father has actually made zero impact on this young man. Uh, no spiritual influence other than the fact that he's not circumcised. Uh, which means he's, you know, Timothy himself doesn't really seem to have uh, any real faith identity at all except what comes from his mother and grandmother. So anyway, I just think that's... It, really sad. If Timothy's father is alive, Timothy's father has zero spiritual influence in his life. And for that reason, uh, he's never, never really even mentioned in the story, always his mother and grandmother. Here in Acts 16, uh, not even that, just the fact that his mother is, is Jewish and his father is Greek and Timothy has never been circumcised. And out of deference, out of consideration for the Jews, Timothy, a uh, poor guy, uh, submits to circumcision so that he can join Paul. Uh, realize that uh, although Paul's ministry is primarily to the Gentiles, it still remains that he's trying not to offend the Jews. And in most cases, he wants to win the Jews first. And so if, if Timothy himself, if, you know, if he's going to raise questions right off the bat, um, it, it's easier just to be circumcised. Again, this isn't a gospel issue in this case. This is a missional issue. Uh, same way when we go to Haiti or other places in Central America, for example, our, our women will wear only dresses because in certain cultures, if they wear pants, uh, it, it just raises cultural questions that just become an obstacle to the gospel. And it's easier just to accommodate the, the mission, you know, the, 
the the mission field, the people where you're you're trying to reach, it's easier just to try to uh, honor their culture than it is you know to try to you know defy their culture and then win a hearing for the gospel. You understand? So it's not so much that Paul thinks Timothy's got to be circumcised in order to be a good Christian. It's just you know if if we're going to be ministering among Jews and Gentiles, it's just going to be easier if we don't have to address this question every time we go into another synagogue. You see. And so for that reason, Timothy joins the mission. He will be a, a beloved and treasured partner uh, for Paul in the ministry for years to come. Paul will consider himself something of a father to Timothy. Uh, so the church was strengthened and Paul and Timothy now are on the road. I love what happens from verses six on there. First off, you know, Paul and Silas travel through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So here we go. There's this frustrated travelogue that follows here for several verses because the Spirit keeps directing and redirecting and interrupting Paul and closing doors and not allowing him to preach. And all of that I just find so fascinating. I would be out there just going full steam, pedal to the metal, you know, and uh, I think I'd just preach everywhere I went. And I would assume that's what God called me to do. But I love the way Paul is so sensitive to the Spirit that the Spirit is able to say, no, no, not here. This is not the plan. And so uh, if you read through these verses, notice how many places Paul doesn't preach. There are more places listed where he's not going to preach than he is going to preach, even though he's driving straight through towns that really need the gospel. Now, now what's up with that? What's up with that is Paul's just one man. The Holy Spirit has others. And the Holy Spirit will use others. It's, it's important for Paul to do what God calls him to do, and you can't do what God's not calling you to do, you know? And the fact remains that there are other people who will have to come and evangelize these areas, or perhaps Paul will return later. But the point is, the Holy Spirit says no. What I love is the fact that Paul is in motion. Paul is in the process of obedience, and, and the journey of obedience can include roadblocks, and uh, and the Holy Spirit, in so many ways, can't direct your steps if you're not taking any steps. You know, the fact is Paul is in motion, and the Holy Spirit can guide a person in motion a whole lot easier than the Holy Spirit, you know, can, can try to, can try to you know, get you moving when you don't move. My son says, it is easier to rein in a bull than to kick a mule, <laughs> you know? And in many ways, Paul in some ways is like this raging bull, you know, charging through the Roman Empire for the gospel. And the Spirit can rein in the bull a whole lot easier than he can kick a mule. And, and the fact remains, most of us are a little bit mulish. The Holy Spirit has to, you know, crank us into gear and get us going. Uh, but Paul is in motion. He's already traveling. He's already moving and the Holy Spirit guides him because there's this very special destination in mind, although Paul doesn't even know it. You know, dead ends, you know, everywhere. But but in the Holy Spirit, dead ends lead to new directions. And, and this is what we discover. So the destination is Philippi. That's where the Holy Spirit is leading. And again, Paul didn't know that, uh, but the Holy Spirit guides him to Philippi. From there, we reach Philippi, verse 12 a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, and we stayed there for several days. All right. Uh, I, I skipped the dream. The Holy Spirit gives Paul a dream that says, you know, come on over to Macedonia. He sees a man from Macedonia that says, come over and, and help us. And so Paul, you know, crosses over to Macedonia, and there, that's how he gets to Philippi. Um, the kind of surprising thing, though, is once he gets there on the Sabbath, 
there's obviously no synagogue, you know. Paul's usual strategy is to go to the Jews first, to go to the synagogue first, uh, but there is no synagogue, so he goes there and he finds a, a, a prayer meeting of, of God-fearing women. Um, in situations where there is no synagogue, I do believe it was Jewish practice to go meet by the river. You know, they would you know try to have a designated place to go, and, and in this case, Paul probably has an idea of where he might find you know, gathered Jews there, and, and so that's what he does. Goes outside by the riverbank, he finds a group of women, and there meets a woman named Lydia from Thyatira, who's a, a purple merchant. She deals with purple cloth, purple dye. I, I think it's funny that uh, when you're following the Holy Spirit, that there's so many surprises for you because you don't ever really know what the Spirit's doing. The Spirit always gives you light enough to take the next step, but never, you know, lights up the whole staircase for you, you know, just enough to take the next step. And so when, you know, Paul gets there, the usual strategy doesn't work. It's not going to be a synagogue. It's a riverside prayer meeting of women, you, you know. And when he gets to Macedonia, you know, he had this dream where the man says, come on over to Macedonia. You know, when he gets there, his first convert is not a man, but a woman. Her name is Lydia, you know. Uh, I just think that's fun, you know, and, and amazing. Just that fact that that I, I can be surprised at so many things that God does and so many ways that things turn out, but God is not surprised. God is not surprised. The other thing I love here, and, and you kind of miss it unless you're looking at a map, when when uh, Paul you know gets on the boat in Troas and sails over to Macedonia, he actually steps onto a another continent, you know, and that continent is Europe. And so, in the most beautiful way possible, um, Lydia is the very first convert on the continent of Europe, you know, which means the first convert in Western civilization, which is, you know, where all of us probably are. I, I don't assume all of you that watch or listen are, are from, you know, United States or even the Western, you know, world, but, but I'm just saying, uh, for those of us who are, this is kind of beautiful and important because the gospel just reached Europe. The gospel just reached Western civilization, and Lydia is the very first convert, uh, and uh, I love that. Um, God knew what he's doing the whole time. Paul didn't necessarily know what he was doing or where he was going, but Paul was just so obedient, and uh, I mean, God can just bless obedience. He cannot bless disobedience, uh, so I love it. Lydia, the first convert in Europe, and, uh, and, and that's how it happens. We'll pick up right here tomorrow. This story is just so good. The, the, the story of Paul and Silas in Philippi is amazing. You know how it goes. Tomorrow we'll read the story of Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail, and it's just so, just so beautiful. So pick up right there tomorrow. Where are we? Verse uh, 16. Uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 16. We'll finish out the chapter tomorrow. So listen, stay dry today. Have a great Monday. It's my day off. I got to go to Lowe's. I got to go to Myers. I got a, a lot of errands to run today. But I love you guys so much. Stay in the word. Stay faithful. And I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for 2 with Tim. I love you all. Have a great Monday.